on our pre-roll here, I had to interrupt this morning, slash this afternoon, slash wherever you're hearing us. The alma mater was playing. Happy 15th anniversary, Bean Star. 15th anniversary, Bean Star. What do you What do you remember about that night down in Memphis? What do you recall, if anything? Uh, you just said it was the 15th anniversary, Tony. What do you think I recall about Brian, it? Brian, what do you recall about that night? 15th anniversary. What do you remember about the buildup to it, if anything? Calipari was coaching down there. It was bigger than life, brother. So we used to play Memphis. Yeah, it uh, it seemed like that you have a game like that oddly placed in the schedule during the middle of the conference season, right toward the end of the regular season. But that almost fueled into the hype. I think it. I don't think you would have gotten that type of play if it had been probably where it belonged back in December or November. It had to be where it was because more attention and eyes were on college basketball at that point of the season than it would have been earlier. How could you? And, why would they be playing Memphis in late late February? How'd that happen? I, you know, that that's weird because the year before they played them, I think it was in early December, and they played them. I think the first game of the contract they played Bruce Pearl's first season. I think they played that game in maybe mid January. But somehow it could have been it could have been dates for the forum because you know the Grizzlies play there as well, so that might have been the only date they could get that was convenient for both teams to play it. So, Bino, and, apologies to you. It's the 15th anniversary of the game at Memphis, the one versus two, the World Championship of Basketball won by the Volunteers. Jordan Howell's going to join us here momentarily to recollect. And Allen number two, Ryan Schumpert. Valquest of uh, uh, of uh, not Brian, what's wrong with my brain today? Of RockyTopInsider dot com is going to join you know, us. Also, that was that was pre SEC Network days, so that may have had something to. Shout out I Master think it would been that could have had a factor in it. But you know how sad is it we don't play Memphis anymore because we've got this petty nonsense going on between these head coaches, and and the programs are bigger than these two head coaches. By the way, no offense to them, Barnes and the uh, other guy down there. Penny, Penny, for your thoughts. Yeah, I, I think it's a shame, Tony, that they don't play. It's uh, uh, it, it's it's a really good rivalry. Uh, always has been. Uh, one side of the state against the other. Yep. Uh, I, I'm I'm surprised though at how vehemently against playing that. Tennessee fans that have lived a long period or still live mm-hmm. in the Memphis area have against that. It's uh, weird. Uh, that's that was that's surprising to me, but I think that's pretty common take for uh, for Tennessee fans in that area. So we are going to do the deal today. We are going to get it up. We're going to get it rolling. We are stacked, packed, and stacked and packed. Bino Jeff is here. He's ready to win a game in basketball. We're allowed to win in basketball, right? Being star, we allowed to get a win at some point. Uh, we are, Tony. We are, and I hope that's uh, tomorrow. I want to talk to you about your empirical evidence uh, regarding Barnes. Did you see Brian Hartman stack his research right next to yours today over at tclub.team regarding John Calipari during that same time period? John Calipari is like a metronome, you know. If he goes 7-2 and two his first nine, he's going to go 7-2 and two his last nine. How strange is that? 
Yeah, it was it was really strange at just how comparable his halves of seasons are. I did see it. It's good good stuff. And if he goes four and five his last four last first nine, he's gonna go four and five his last nine. He's a lot more consistent than Barnes. Let's put it that way. In the first nine, last nine, that's that's fair. Yes. Yes, and and you know that would seem somewhat <clears throat> stranger for Calipari based on the makeup of most of his teams. Agreed. You would think that maybe they would be better in the second half. Agreed. Because generally he's got he's got teams that have very little experience, mostly made up of, of youth. But uh, I know that's changed now with transfer rules and, and that kind of thing. But uh, you, I would have thought that his teams would be better in the second half than the first half. We come back. The great Jordan Howe joins you. Bow your head when you say his name. We continue with more on the other side right after this. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. 
Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job and fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today. 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Hi, I'm former Sheriff Eamon George with 30 years experience in emergency services. I know how important it is to locate an address that's in need of help as quickly as possible. An LED light bulb has been developed and manufactured that glows red, white, and blue flashing light to be placed on your front porch and turned on when you have an emergency that will help the responding emergency services to locate your home as quickly as possible. You can obtain your LED light bulb at Mount Pleasant Fire Department and all of your local fire stations. For more information, contact Fire Department at 379-1005. 379-1005. Seconds counts. Get your light bulb today. I wish you and your family a safe and happy new year. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Escobars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 Bites, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. 
This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Tony B. back with you. Got the great Jordan Howe now joining us. It's the 15th anniversary of what they called the Game of the Century. Jordan, a lot of water under the bridge in 15 years. Can you believe, my brother, as I bring you in with Bino Jeff Henderson, who loves you, you love him. <coughs> Brian Hartman, who tolerates you, you tolerate him on this Friday morning. You are on the TLD Logistics hotline at tldlogistics.com. Joe to the hoe, can you believe, my friend, as I welcome you in, that it has been 15 years since the game of the century? I can't, first off, hold on. Let me back Tony, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. That was me. Go ahead, man. Okay. Much better. First off, Bino, Ronnie, great talking to you guys always. Uh, I got so much love from Tony B's family. Um, but, Tony, to answer your question, it, it feels like it was yesterday. Um, you know, me and former teammates talk all the time about it. And it's like, are we really, you know, 37, 38, about to be 40? Um, because it, it does, those memories uh, just stick with you, and they're they're so fresh. Just because I, I think for most of us, those were like, I don't want to say the pinnacle, but those are the most memorable times of our lives, uh, especially that game specifically because of all the, the hoopla that surrounded the game, the Final Four atmosphere, the team that we had, the expectations that we had on ourselves. I think we all look back on that, uh, you know, very frequently just because it was such a big part of all of our lives. Take me back, because right now we're watching this, we're watching this basketball team kind of sputter to the finish line, and who knows what happens in March. You were a part of some teams that kind of did that and then kind of caught fire or whatever at the end. But uh, take me back to that particular season. And, and by the way, our friends over at RTI, RockyTopInsider.com, have written a terrific piece. Um, that uh, young Shumpert guy really poured himself into a tremendous piece where he interviewed a ton of guys uh, off your club. Did you guys see the storm brewing that year? When did it come on your radar that, hey, this thing could be really big, Jordan? Because people don't think that guys look ahead, but players look ahead. Players look at their schedule. When, when did it dawn on yeah. you that, hey, we're, this this thing, can you recall that for yeah, me? Absolutely. I honestly believe uh, probably even going into the season, we, we saw what could be. We knew they had Derrick Rose top recruit in the country going there. We knew they didn't really play many people, so we thought that they would have a good record at the time. And then the expectations that we had, you know, the previous two years, four to one the national championship, we've beaten them three out of four, four times. We had pretty much the same roster back, except the freshmen, the Wayne Chisholm, Duke Cruz, uh, that whole crew, they were a year older. Had J.P. Prince joining the roster and also had Tyler Smith. We had expectations on ourselves that we were the best team in the country, so we could kind of see – if we do what we expect ourselves to do, uh, that could be a huge matchup. Um, I think once we started SEC play, you know, the stars were kind of aligning at that point. Um, I think we had two losses at the time, um, and, it, and it was pointing towards Memphis. And I think College Game Day, you know, made the announcement that they were going to cover that game, and that was right when College Game Day had just kind of begun with basketball. So really all year long we knew what could be. We were watching Memphis. We knew the matchup. We knew Derrick Rose, uh, you know, Ramar and those guys grew up playing against them and everybody thought, you know, everybody th- thinks you're better than that person, especially when they're going to be the number one draft pick. You want to prove yourself to them. So 
you know, we all knew what was coming, and it, it was just, you know, trying to get ready for that matchup. Hey, Jordan, the, the greatness of Derrick Rose has been lost to time because of his knee injuries when he got to the pros. That guy's first step when he was in college was insane. Yeah, and I, I can say I'm the beneficiary of uh, being on two of his highlights in his NBA draft video that was on ESPN. <laughs> I was in two of them, so that was awesome. <laughs> so, um, take me back to that week. So here it's going to happen. How many friends at that point do you have? It was the hottest ticket in the country to anything. Take me back to what you recall that week leading up to it. It was showtime for us. Um, you know, I remember everybody and their mom wanted to get a piece of, of the game, wanted to get a ticket. Um, can't remember ESPN, all the stories that were happening. They were pretty much living in our locker room just because of the, the storylines that were evolving between Cal and Bruce. Um, and it, it was pointing towards the weekend. I, I think, you know, none of us could sleep just knowing what, what was about to happen. It, it felt like it was a, just a, <clears throat> a collision course that was happening all season. And then it, it led to that. Um, and, and it was, I mean, it was honestly surreal. I think if you ask any of our teammates over those years, Chris hit the shot in the NCAA tournament to beat Winthrop at the buzzer, everybody would say that the Memphis game was the, the, the most fun game they ever played in. It was because all the surrounding environment that happened. I mean, it was, it was a who's who event. It was showtime. It was a celebrity, you know, festival that weekend. And it, it was, uh, something that I think we all looked back on. I was like, I can't believe that happened. And, you're in the middle of something. Like, I remember back then, and there was uh, there was talk about this on the RTI piece, how the, um, and, and this is an incredible thing to think back on, but the ESPN folks at the time, they had a counter for the game. They had like a five-day-out, six-day-out right. counter. I mean, they, they, they counted down to that thing like the entire time i mean it's nuts how important that deal was right yeah the only thing that probably is comparable in in college basketball would be when duke and north carolina took on each other when it would be one versus two and some of those high profile matchups i don't know of any matchups since where you where you had that you know in-state rivalry the coaches the teams the players that were involved uh at, at that scale i mean you had the number one draft pick um, and Derrick Rose. Then you had Chris Lawson, who was SEC Player of the Year, two-time All-American at that point. You had this matchup happening. Uh, it, it just it feels surreal, honestly, looking back on it. And from your standpoint, I mean, you think about the players, right? And, and I go back to this, you know. I, I don't want to sound old. I watch college basketball right now, and I say to myself, Jordan, what have we done to this sport and I'm going to take you back to the first five minutes of that game. Here you guys walk out into the forum, and it's a who's who. I mean, there are, like, celebrities there, right? Like, this thing's big time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, it was you know, Lisa Marie Presley. Yep. It was Peyton Manning. It was Justin Timberlake. It was Irv Gotti on the court at the time was a, a big rapper, like, kind of taunting us as we're making our way around, you know, doing layups and stuff. Yep. It was it was, you know, it was Dickie V. It was Aaron Andrews. It was that was the cast at the time that was the biggest. Uh, it was Jay Billis. It was, it was everybody. Um, and it, 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 you know, it lived up to the hype. I believe. I think it's one of the. It definitely is the best game I played in. Even uh, considering all the other great moments that we had, 
Um, and I, you know, obviously I'm biased, but I don't know of many games since uh, in Tennessee basketball uh, that probably have lived up to that hype at least. And I think a lot of it is just the surrounding environment. It's the first time Tennessee was ranked number one in the country uh, by, by winning that game. Um, so I, <clears throat> I, I just think that uh, the game, uh, for all the, the hype that was surrounding the game, I believe the game lived up to the hype. And I think it's a shame that these two teams don't play because one of the things that Tony Jones said in oral history that the Memphis kids did was they walked right over to your bench and said, we're going to fight. We don't, we're not going to let you guys play this game. We're going to beat you guys up tonight. We're going to beat you up before you play the game. That's right. That's right. That happened uh, in the tunnel. It happened before the game. I mean, it, it was a fist fight. So great. So yeah, great. Joey Dorsey, who, I mean, he he was LeBron on steroids. The guy was 6'9", probably 265 at the time in college. Big old fella. One of the one of the leaders in it. Yep. Uh, I mean, it was just an unbelievable game. The, the trash talk during the game, before the game. Um, I, I mean, I don't think I was ever in a game. It felt like a fist fight uh, the whole game. And I I do believe Bruce uh, he he feeds off those moments and can get his team to 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 I don't know to run through a wall for him in those moments. I think that's where he is at his best when. Uh, when it's a fist fight, I think that that guy is a fighter, and uh, I, I'll never forget his pregame speech. And you know, he, first off, he you know he consistently told us like we're going to kick their ass today. But then I, I do recall uh, before the game him him saying, you know, I'm not sure if we're the the best team in the country. I, I'm not I'm not sure about that. But what I do know is in two hours when we get back in the locker room, we're going to be the number one team in the country. Let's <laughs> kick their ass and brought it in. And. I mean, it's just moments like that. It was like, when did you come up with this? Have you been sitting on this all, you know, all off season? But he he found a way in those biggest moments to to have his team just ready to fight, and uh, that's what happened. Chisholm recalled on that thing in the tunnel. The it's a great way of putting it, right? He said that right there. You're going against some dogs. Everybody's not from the suburbs on our team. That was a hood game. I would just say that. You're putting two hood teams together on the court on national TV in front of everybody, and the fight was basically letting you know what hood you're from. It was pretty big, and when it spilled out onto the court, you knew the game was going to be intensified. Bino, Jeff Henderson, jump in here. We're remembering the game of the century, the great Jordan Howe joining. Fifteen years later, Tennessee and Memphis uh, tomorrow night down there. It was absolutely sold out. You couldn't have gotten in with a shoehorn. It was incredible. Go ahead, Bino. Hey, Jordan, welcome back to the show. It's been way too long. Thank you, Bino. Always great talking to you and hear, hearing you on the show. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a listener even even uh, of you guys just because of what y'all meant to me through my career and even after. So thank you, Bino. Uh, we appreciate you being there, Jordan. Thank you, sir. A um, couple of things that uh, – Ryan Shepard's piece brought back. Well, one thing it brought back and one thing that I've asked you, I want to ask you about that was real surprising to me. Um, first off, one of the things it brought back was just how well Memphis shot the ball early in the game from three. Uh, and, uh, you, you were quoted in the story as saying you guys just didn't believe they could continue to do that. And Jason Shea, who had the scout said he had to go to Pearl and say, listen, these guys are not going to continue to knock down threes the way that they've knocked them down. 
let's stay the course and do what we're doing. And in the second half, that proved to be prophetic. Yeah, you're exactly right. It was it was Shea's scout. Uh, we had a, a defense, like 50 would be picking up full court man-to-man, 10 would be picking up around the three-point man-to-man. So you can kind of come up with it, uh, how, how we came about those numbers. But we were running 10 on them all, all, all game. And I, I want to say – Ryan's piece may have touched on it. They probably had seven or eight threes in the first half, which was an anomaly for that that team. And I can remember it was almost like a discussion in the locker room of what what are we doing. And Shea, I, I think I think even now we can say he, he was one of the best game planners. He, when he had his scout, it felt like we always won those games. But he he stood by what he said. He was like, they can't. We came in saying they can't beat us from three. They can't beat us from three. Uh, they're not going to beat us from three. So we stayed with that. I mean, it was a very uh, like tight man-to-man defense where we weren't extending. And if you remember Bruce's teams back in the day, we loved to press. We loved to pick up full court. And this was a different game plan for this roster we were playing against in Memphis. And we stood by it. We didn't change. We didn't go picking up full court. It was basically let's get back and let's, let's make this so difficult for them to score uh, because they can't. If we start picking up and let their athletes run and run by us, Derrick Rose is going to get by us. And you know, they, they can beat us in a game like that, but they cannot beat us uh, packing it in, making them shoot over us. And sure enough, they didn't, but kudos to Shea because uh, it was his game plan. It was his call. And kudos for Bruce for, like, standing by his coach and letting the coach make the, make the call because uh, that put a lot of trust because, like I said, in the first half, they were doing – what we said they wouldn't do. Well, and, and to Bino's point, Juwan Smith comes out early in that game and hits a couple long shots. They start hitting long shots. It looks complete antithetical to the college basketball we see today, uh, uh, Jordan. I mean, it, you guys were trading haymakers with each other. like it, It's like a shooting competition almost. That's right. And, um, you know, I, obviously, again, I'm biased, but I do feel like Chris was to the college game what Steph Curry has kind of been to the, the program, the way he would cross half court and shoot, and it, it, it bled into Jawan, and Jawan had the confidence to it. But Bruce gave our players the freedom to take those shots, and he honestly encouraged it. And I think that that's different than what you see uh, somewhat in, you know, in Barnes's offense. I do think a lot of these players are they're tight. They're taking the shot because it's the last second of the shot clock. I mean, Jawan was coming – across yeah. half court with probably 25 seconds on the shot clock pulling. Uh, and it, it was just Bruce gave his players the confidence and the freedom to take those shots. And honestly, it's, it's, it's probably one of his strengths, but also can be his weakness. You saw the, the guards at Auburn last year. They, yep. they were doing that same thing, but they were also ranked one in the country at some point last year. So, I mean, I, I think uh, it, it definitely allows his guys to play free. And it, and it, you know, those players, when they get that freedom, they're, they're wanting to show everybody what they can do. The great Jordan Howe breaking it down scientifically with us. We're celebrating the 15th anniversary of the game of the century on the TLD Logistics Hotline online, tldlogistics.com. Easy for me to say if you're an owner operator. Uh, we've got a spot for you on our team. Contact TLD Logistics online, tldlogistics.com. You know, I, I, I look at it, and I look at that game, and I look at just where Tennessee basketball was that night. Jordan, during the game, do you think to yourself, what the hell am I doing here? 
Well, I did, and going back to Wayne's comment yeah. about it being a hood game yeah. and all that, I, I didn't belong in a hood game. Uh, you know, from Auburn, Alabama, um, I didn't necessarily belong in that game. So, yeah, what what the hell is going on? But I do think I prepared to be in that game. Uh, I felt like I worked harder than anybody. Body. I think you could say Chris and I, maybe Chris, but I was always trying to give him a run for money the way he worked. Uh, so I, I felt like we deserved it. Um, you know, I, I'll go back to, I think, how all of us feel. We felt like, I think we felt like our senior year was a disappointment. We finished 31 and five yep. uh, to this day um, because the expectations we had on ourselves. We lost to Ohio State the year before. We got, you know, we, we, we were winning or leading by about 18 at half, uh, got beat, you know, basically last second. They w- went on to lose to Florida in the national championship game, the same Florida team that we beat three out of four times. That Memphis team, uh, before they lost in the national title game, we were the, well, they lost. Two Kansas on a buzzer beater by Mario Chalmers. They choked on the stretch and missed free throws. We were the only team up until that point that had beaten Memphis. They only beat them on their home floor. Uh, Kansas obviously beat them on a neutral site. We felt like we were the best team in the country. Um, so we put the work in. We believed we belonged there. Bruce, you know, made, helped us to believe that we belonged there. And I think all of us do feel like there's a, a sense of uh, disappointment in how it ended. Uh, but there's also a lot of, you know, joy that we were able to be the first team ranked number one in the country. We were able to play in such a big moment and, and perform for the university. It, it was just a, a special experience. But I think it's, it's hard to talk about that game for all of us without remembering what happened a couple of days later. And then, you know, obviously we, we didn't perform the way we wanted to down the stretch. But it, I mean, it was just, it, it's unbelievable to talk, talk about. I appreciate you having me on because it is a, it's a special time in all of our lives, all of our former players' lives. Hey, Jordan, one one of the quotes, one of your quotes in Shumpert's story uh, surprised me. I, I don't know why, because he was a tremendous player. Uh, but at, of Tyler Smith, you said, I think if you ask everybody on the team, he was the best teammate over my four years. And the reason yeah. was he always made the right play. I always looked at him as a tremendous player, but for some reason, I didn't grasp what a good teammate he was. I mean, you know, I, I totally understand. There's a, you know, uh, there was a stigma about Tyler based off how his career ended. Uh, that was not my experience in that locker room. I, I mean, he was one of the kindest humans, uh, to everybody. Um, he, yeah, to, to everybody, managers, anybody you like. But, I mean, if you ask Chris, he would tell you the same thing. I love playing with Tyler Smith. Tyler was always looking for the extra pass. He wasn't out there just trying to get his. Uh, he was, you know, I think he made Chris's life easier, just like Dane made Chris's life easier, CJ made it easier. But Tyler was the guy on that team that all of us were like, this, this guy is special. Um, he's a special person. But as a teammate, he, he did. I mean, he would. He would always penetrate looking to pass, which, you know, you, you love that. He wasn't looking to just go score. Uh, and I, I do think on that team, he was one of the reasons we were, you know, ranked one in the country for a little while and had the record we did. But he, I, I do believe everybody on that team would say Tyler was, was the guy. He was the best teammate. I do believe if he left after that season, he was drafted in the NBA. Um, I know Bruce and them had to do a, a major recruiting pitch to get him to come back. And it's unfortunate how, how it happened from there. I don't think Tyler would, would tell you that he was disappointed on it because he, you know, he made decisions, uh, 
but he he was he was he was just an unbelievable teammate, and I know that's not the impression that other people saw, uh, or you know the opinions from the outside. But anybody in that locker room would have said, if if I'm picking anybody to be on this team, I think they would have taken him. Brian Boy, yeah. Do you want to uh, get on the piano and do some Mark Kelly? Right. <laughs> See, that's what I was talking about. That's why. That's why Jordan earlier when I said <laughs> when Brian, I said that Jordan was happy to be on with Bino, Brian, he wasn't so sure. See, here's Brian doing those cheap shots. He throws and, at Titans Bill. Yeah. Why did he do that to you, Jordan? We're celebrating this moment here, Tony. And I listen. You know, I'm, obviously, I'm a listener because yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm a believer in the Tony B. You know, the yeah. keeping it real. You're one of the five. Else. You're one of the but, five out there. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but but sometimes I listen to Bronny Boy, you know, 14 years later, and he's like talking about Jordan Howell's shot and stuff. And I know it's all in fun. And I will say this: that is one reason I love your show is because y'all always, you know, y'all hold no bars and y'all come for heads. But Bronny Boy, I feel like Bronny Boy's wanting to start like a Titans Bill and, and uh, Bronny Boy like rivalry with me. I know, and uh, I don't understand it. Let me let me ask you this on the way out because you mentioned this right in the piece. Which I'd totally forgotten about, but I wonder if Calipari was really calling J.P. Prince, P.J. Prince all week just to mess with him, or if he was really just that, this guy's just wallpaper, who cares? He ain't going to do anything against us. I'm just going to call him, J- I don't even know his name, P.J. Prince. But, you know, from that moment on, that's where that team basically turns into an Elite Eight. He went crazy yep. after that the rest of his career, right. right? He went nuts. That's right. He that, went on a that tear. That was his petition. That's that, right. Right? That was his that lit his fire, didn't it? That's right. Talk that, about that. that. Talk game. about what he became. Talk about what he became after that on the court. You know, I think even before that, we didn't know what he was. Uh, but the way he showed up when the lights were the brightest, uh, I mean, he obviously ended up being the guy that led to them to the Elite Eight. You know, he was a special talent, I would say. Yep. If he if he had uh the game was too easy for him, quite frankly. Um, had he had Chris's, you know, people telling him he can't his whole life and that, that drive, I mean, I think JP would be in the league to this day. Although he had a good professional career overseas, I'm not taking anything away from that. I know he has a good career now uh, in his professional life. Um, but JP was probably the most talented guy on that team. But even up until, until that game, I think he was probably only averaging maybe – 12 to 15 minutes because it was tough to to find time mm-hmm. with Juwan and Chris. Yeah, but that was the game I believe that made him even realize you know, I, I can do this whenever I want to. He was uh, maddening. He was unbelievable. Talent wise, was unbelievable, and it would make me so frustrated. I know it would make Chris frustrated because you know you would never see him getting shots. He would just show up for the games and be like, "You are you are unbelievable." <laughs> uh, and there's, he didn't, even, a lot he, of guys like he didn't that. even work. I mean, I mean, I hate to say that, but some guys don't have to work at it. They're so good, you know, no, play at your level. That, that's right. And, and you know what? I It's another thing that I would say Bruce is good at to an extent. Yep. He lets people be them. Wow. In the way he would, the way he would coach all of us. Isn't and I, I, I'm not trying to bring some controversy to Coach Barnes, but I do think there's a major disparity. Bruce was very much like, I need you at your best for two hours. I don't know what that looks like for you, but you give me your best, and I'm going to give you freedom, and that's going to be we're not going to go live all the time in practice. We're going to get shots. We're going to take it easy on our legs. 
because I need you at your best when it matters I, most. I call that uh, emotional intelligence. It's like um, it's what Josh Heupel does with his kids. You you pull a yeah. Josh Heupel player aside, and he they say that they say they'll say to you. Now they won't say it in this way, but this is the way I put it. This coach doesn't have to get his stuff in with with me. He treats me yeah. like a professional and says, if yep. you get your work done, we don't have to go a million miles an hour all the time. And pr- you don't have to prove it to me. Nobody, we're not proving anything to anybody here. You're on my team. Right. You're on my team for a re- I recruited you. You're on my team for a reason. I personally, and, and we'll close with this, I'm worried about our basketball team right now because they're exhausted. And I wish our yep. coach would leave him alone for a couple weeks, but he's not going to. Yep. And they've got to figure out a way to get healthy. And I want you to have the final word. You worried about this group right now? I absolutely am. I see it the way that you see it. Um, I think when you when you pound them all year long, you know these are college kids. A lot of them are ready for the next phase of their life, and whether you know that's they really are, or if it's just subconsciously, some of them are tired of the beating, and you know they, they're obviously going to show up, give their best. But you got to have special come March. I will say this, and you know this as well. March is all about seeding, and it's about having a little luck, and we'll see what happens because if they can have some things happen above them yep. in the bracket, we'll see what side of the bracket they fall on, have some good matchups, and then you know maybe a couple guys show up those days and are special. But I do, I do think the pounding all year long, I think it comes into play once March happens. I think the guys that are the freshest, you saw it last year with North Carolina, they had a run. I think they had their legs. I think they played you know great, and I think – I think that's what the basketball season is all about. You got to get in the tournament, and you got to be at your best when those balls tip in March. And uh, you know, I, it'll be interesting to see. But I think that if they land on the right side, if they have luck in front of them, yep. they have the talent to win games and to make a run through March. So I, I would say anything's possible because nobody saw North Carolina doing what they did last year, but it did. It happened. Oh no! And listen, thank you guys for having me. Well, well no, listen, it's going to happen this year because the tournament's going to be open. I mean, the game is. Uh... I'm not trying to rip the game, but it's so diminished. I mean, I think about the one and the two, right? Put one and two out on the court right now, and do they play to the level you guys played that night? Now, let's get real. This is 15 years later. Let's get real, Jordan. Is, is this old man talk, or are we keeping it real here? Which one? It's not even I close. Mean, I, it's not even close. Yeah. yeah, I like to think the college game was much better then. Not even um, close. Yeah, the, the product was better. I mean, you even think. Steph Curry's run through Mart. Exactly. That, that season, Mario Chalmers shot at the buzzer exactly. against Memphis and Derrick Rose. Exactly. The players, the plays they made. I, I, I think it was a better product then. Uh, I think NCAA's got to figure out something. I, I know they're trying to make some changes to the officiating because uh, it, it's hard to watch right now. I mean, hard you, to watch. Even, love watching Tennessee, but watching them score 40 points and beating up the other team, you know, some nights, not all nights, is just, it's just not – it's not fun. That Auburn game was tough to watch. Oh. The Tennessee game, yeah, that was. Oh. It wasn't fun basketball. Um, and I, I think some of it comes down to these guys are leaving. You know, after one year, some yep. of them are the best players aren't even going. They're going directly to the G League. So the players aren't as good. The coaches then are trying to manage the talent they have, and they're not. It's just it's it's not a lot of plays being made uh, on the court. But you know, March is always fun, and it's going to be fun to see who steps up, what players elevate what players don't because uh, i think this is time a lot a lot of these guys it's, it's time for them to go get paid uh because all eyes will be on them so it's it's, it's the most fun time of the year for me so it'll be exciting to watch you happen to be the man 
Much love to you. Much appreciation. Anything else you'd care to add here on the way out to the Tennessee Nation? 15 years, 15 years later. Uh, I would just say best time of my life. You know, thank you for all the, the fans that showed up and helped make it that. Tony, I, I say thank you to you and your family for being the support that y'all have been. I love you, man. Past basketball to to me personally, I love you guys, man. You are great, and keep doing what you're doing because you're you're honestly bringing a lot of good to a lot of people in Vol Nation. So I'm very grateful for you guys. Well, you're the one that thinks that. Thank you, brother. Good talking to you. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you, guys. Enjoy your weekend. The great Jordan Howe. Bino, your thoughts on Jordan's appearance? Oh, it's just so good to have to have Jordan back. Like like I told him, it's been too long, and you, you know, just just a word about. Uh, his great spirit and what a character guy he is. Extremely talented guy, musically, yep. athletically. Yep. Yep. And he'll let a bunch of schlep Weisenheimers like us get on here and crack on him, and he stays right with us and but just enjoys it. Your late great best friend once told him on the air, and he laughed. If uh, Marvin Gaye's father had your shot, we Marvin Gaye would have lived. And and he just one of the worst cheek I mean ridiculous cheek shots in history brutal and um, Jordan called me later that day and he said I thought he'd be upset with me he said Tony I've been laughing all day about that just how crazy that is <laughs> he said who was that dude that said that I said I don't know I I, I denied him I denied Paisan that day <laughs> I, I, said, I don't know you. I don't know I don't know who that was some crazy caller. Some crank nut caller. Little would he know till now that it was Bino's buddy, who also challenged Steve Carlton, who was like six nine, uh, yeah. when you guys were in the bowels of um, <laughs> yeah. the old Fulton County Stadium. And Steve Carlton's like, "Who's this mouthy kid? I'll go over there and smash him like a bug." But that's what we're dealing with. And I want to thank uh, Jordan Howe for jumping on with us today on the TLD Logistics Hotline. Happy 15th anniversary, Vol Nation. We were number one in America. And uh, food for thought on the Barnes era as well from uh, Jordan because it, it looks like it looks like this team, unless he backs off them, Bino, is going to be in fine powder very shortly. This team looks roached. No offense. I, I'll, I will say this, Tony, of, of all of these teams, uh, this is the team that, to me, looks to be the most the most drained uh, at the end of the year and the most beat up. It's so sad to watch it, too, because they're really trying. buddy of mine, uh, yesterday we were talking, he launched on ZZ Stop. I'm like, what do you want from the guy? Five feet five, playing until his wheels are falling off. He's got a bad wheel to begin with. Uh, we'll come back on the other side. R.I.P., to the Kermit Davis era down at Ole Miss as he's been let go. So the silly season has begun early. It's begun early in college hoops. So RIP, he's a great, he was always a really good guy to us when he was at middle and uh, just didn't move the bar there. Take a brief time out. We continue. And come back. I want to hear from you at 865 200 5402. Ryan Schumpert will join us in hour two, who wrote the oral history 
on uh, on the game of the century. We'll get his thoughts on that. Plus, this basketball team moving forward. Mike Huguenin as well with On3.com, his regular Friday appearance. As we continue, we want to hear from you after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis with Tillis Jewelry in Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. What are you looking for in a jeweler? Knowledgeable staff? Experienced goldsmiths? Or true custom designers? Experienced working with clients creating that perfect gift for a special loved one? Well, you have found them. Tillis Jewelry. We're this and so much more. Check us out at TillisJewelry.com or on Facebook and Instagram to see our latest creations. Tillis Jewelry, Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. Hey guys, this is Mary Catherine with Bug Out Termite and Pest Control. Did you know that most insurance plans don't cover termite damage? Termites cause $5 billion in damage every year. Having a termite inspection done by a termite professional once a year is the best way to determine your home or business is termite free. Our technician will help you determine the best treatment solution for you. Call us today to schedule your inspection at 931-380-9009 or visit us online at bugouttennessee.com. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. This is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Did you know that Columbia Ace Hardware carries Magnolia Home Paint by Joanna Gaines? Columbia Ace Hardware is the only Magnolia paint dealer in town. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood, along with the award-winning service and advice Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Come see us at Columbia Ace Hardware and Power Equipment. We will be glad to help you. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. 
Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Come to the 2023 Mule Day Auctioneer Championship, hosted by the Columbia Breakfast Rotary Club, benefiting their college scholarship fund. Outstanding auctioneers from across the country will be competing to be named the 2023 Mule Day Auctioneer Champion. The event will be held at the Tennessee Livestock Sale Barn at 1231 Industrial Park Road, Columbia, Tennessee, starting at 11 a.m. Hope to see you there. 31. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you, 865-200-5402. Not at all would be the reply to that. Um, As I welcome you back on your Tony Basilio show, it's Friday. Coming up, Mike Huguenin is going to join one of the things we're going to get into with him, he's at on3.com, are these proposed rule changes. Bino, you for it against, and I'm going to ask him, are you for it or against? Orange Throat brought it up today. Tclub.team, our free blog. About 3,000 words there for you today. Not bad. All excellent content. Some by me, some by Bry, some by Bino, some by Orange Throat, and then Mark Griffin's patented Griffin's three-pointers. Getting you ready for tomorrow's South Carolina. Kakalaki, as they say in the trade. Bino, are you for or against a running clock, some other tweaks to the rules in college football? And, again, I watch the XFL game. I'm a degenerate, okay? Last night I watched a Lady Vols. This is how big of a degenerate I am. I watched a Lady Vols till I couldn't take it no mo when they were just getting pounded late by South Carolina. I watched the 76ers against Memphis, which, by the way, Kyle Blackburn texted me and said, that's better than college basketball games been played this year. The last three and a half minutes of that game was unbelievable, Andy Mack. You talk about high-level athletes going at it, intensity. It was pretty insane last night up in Philadelphia. That Memphis team is really good, really good. I watched the XFL game uh, last night. I watched uh, Utah and UCLA late. I mean, I need to get a life. But, Bino, I think the XFL kickoff, I think the XFL kickoff, I think the XFL kickoff is something that college football really ought to look at adopting while they're looking at tweaking their roles. I agree totally, Tony. I, I watched it, uh, and I, I'm, I'm on your side on this one. It would bring returns back into the game uh, without uh, without elevating the risk of injury. Uh, I, I like it. I like what they do there. And I'm uh, totally for uh, getting the college clock closer to what the NFL does. Uh, NFL timing is ten times better than collegiate time. Brian, before we bring Hugan in the uh, next segment, what do you say about that? Maybe – the college game could benefit by just having maybe a 12-minute halftime instead of 20. That could shorten it a little bit. 
or a 15 minute halftime? Never, never going to happen, Brian. No, uh, no, we're not doing that, Brian, because the, the, band, the, band's, the band, yeah. is such a big part of yep, it. Yep. Unlike the NFL, yep. you just can't do it. Don't do that, Brian. Come on now. I love you, but these the bands are a very, 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 very important part. Well, you could still have a band. Yeah, it's great. Just don't let them march. The home band, the only the home band performs. No, Brian. The kids should get to go on the road. They do all that work. Everybody performs. It's what we do. We celebrate. This is not a professional sport, though it's masking rating one. It's masquerading as one right now. I mean, to Brian's point, it wouldn't surprise me, you know, if they did that. To, but, but the only reason they won't do it is it's a, it's an opportunity for them to get some commercial inventory in. Uh, and when they get the commercial inventory in. That allows you just cut it off. Oh yeah, you did. Um, the the commercial inventory is um, is what it is. I'm gonna go back to our phones. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. Brian, so I am a customer of. How would Buzz Peterson say it? What what provider did he have? This is how good. This is how good good marketing is, Brian. What did what was Buzz Peterson? What what a cell service? Well, I, I, I talk like I got marble. No, don't Verizon. do that. Just do the do what the commercial was. Go ahead. Verizon Wallace. Now, Bino, my Verizon's on like a seven minute timer. So if if you and I are talking, I get seven minutes to get it in. For instance, Cloney called me this morning, Bino. Do you think our phone call got completed in the seven minutes that Verizon's giving me? I just want you to speculate. Uh, I would guess no. Okay. They're telling me that. They're... I've never heard of that. Yeah. And, and, and the lovely L just called them and they said, yeah, you need to restart your phone. What it's telling me is I'm out of range. And I can't make a phone call, and I'm sitting in my studio. I I know. I'm, I'm just talking about it on the air. She goes, "Restore your phone." Hey, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! This is hey, hey. This is for this is this is verbal. This is verbal in here. This is not physical. This is not physical. That's the third time I'm restarting my phone for the sake of the conversation. Well, all right. I'll blame. I'll blame who I'm going to blame. <laughs> I'm blaming you. Just relax. Good gosh. You know what I'm saying, Bino? Some people are never happy. Bino, I love you how real to, this show is. Would you care to take a... Well, she comes in here. You start your phone. Third time. What, do y'all think I'm restarting my phone? Which, in all fairness to her, I mean, I'm I'm not exactly what you call a great listener. Uh, I mean, I sort of have my own ideas, Bino. I don't know if you're, does that surprise you? or It's stunning, Tom. All right, let me do this. I'm going to keep it live, legal, and large. So Mike Hugan and Yvonne Three is going to join us. Bino, you did a download on the barn stuff. What made you decide, Bino, that you wanted to look into the Rick Barnes uh Season by season, season over season, that deal. 
and how right. he does first half compared to second half. And then give the, kind of the listeners what you learned uh, in doing that exercise. You took his first nine games and his last nine games since he's been here at Tennessee. And, and what did the numbers tell you, Bino? Well, I, I'm, I'm going to step back for a second, Tony, and answer your first question. Um, I, I had, uh, you know, we've had a lot of callers call in and say, uh, Barnes wears his team out, yada, yada, yada. And I guess last year was just so fresh on my mind when they went down the stretch so strong uh, that I just didn't believe that. Uh, I guess the latest one that I heard say it was Vandy Joe on Wednesday. And I decided at that time, I said, that is complete hogwash, and I'm getting ready to prove it. So I went and looked at the first nine games. I thought the best way to do it is first nine and last nine. Uh, of the SEC season. It's a simplistic look at it, but uh, when I pulled it up, uh, I proved something all right, but it, it wasn't that I was correct. <laughs> if I proved anything at all with that simple look at it, it's that uh, his teams don't fare as well uh, in the second half of the SEC season as they do at the first. And just to cut to the chase, he's he's his teams have have – had a worse record uh, in the last nine, six of his eight years here. Mm. Uh, uh, of course, one of those years, they didn't have any choice as they went 9-0, and as Brian said, in the first half. Uh, but uh, they were, uh, in, in eight seasons here, uh, in the first nine games of the conference season, his teams have been 47-24. and 24. That's minus a bandy game that was uh, – that was canceled, I guess, for COVID in 2021, 66%. And in the second half, they've been 37 and 32 with three games remaining this year, which is 54%. So that's, you know, he, he falls, he's 12% worse in the last nine games over his course of eight years here. And I, I understand that, that you have times when uh, just about every season, one half, is is much stronger. I mean, a, a much more difficult path than than another half. But you would think that would even out over an eight year period. So, if the numbers prove anything, yeah. it's that what the callers have been saying is correct. Well, Barnes missed his chance because he he ought to if he if he gets another crack at it or another profession, he'd be great. Like in the coffee industry, grinding beans because he grind he, he knows how to grind them up, man. He this guy can grind you up now. Um, his teams at the end of the year. No offense, have had nothing left. I mean, they've been on fumes. Is that the goal? I, I don't know. I, is that the goal? You know, and, you know and, I'd like to Brad know. Says, hang, hang on, guys. Let's, go ahead, Brad. Well, let's do this. Let's shelve the conversation. Well, I want to come back to that. The great Mike Hugan okay. now joins us. He's on 3.com. Look, and he's on the TLD Logistics hotline, tldlogistics.com. I got to tell you, uh, when you're on this deal, you got to stay. You got to keep your head on a swizzle. There's a great Buzz Peterson used to say, Ben Zorio, how you doing? Um, and the great Mike Hugan now joins us on 3.com. Hugie, you just finished up a piece that you tell me off the air is fascinating on what A&M is doing in terms of putting a new twist. Because these guys keep reimagining the NIL space. Tell me about it. Yeah, it, it was written by uh, Andy Whitry, one of our guys who covers uh, college sports business. And Basically, it's A&M's official booster group is now helping facilitate and fundraise for NIL deals for the student-athletes at the school. 
and we had a, a, a exclusive interview with Russ Bjork, the A and M A D, and he says this is something he thinks other schools um, are going to follow. And one of the reasons was that if you're a A and M fan or a fan of State Tech or Tech U or whoever you cheer for, the idea that you're giving money to the official booster group of the school makes you confident that the money is going to be spent uh, correctly and in uh, a manner in which the NCAA and or the league approves. Now, the second part of that is still somewhat up in the air, which makes the A&M situation even more fascinating because A&M told the SEC and NCAA, here's what we're going to do, um, but did not ask for an okay. They just basically said, here's what we're doing, and they announced it. So this is, uh, again, a, a fascinating story on a bunch of levels, but we got Russ Bjork saying, yeah, I had calls from colleagues last week, and I think other schools are going to do the exact same thing. So, in other words, let me make sure I understand this correctly. This is not being done through a collective. This is No, being... this is done through the school's booster group. It's called the 12th Man, the 12th Man Foundation at Texas A&M, and they've created a 12th Man Foundation Fund uh, as, as an NIL arm of the foundation. So, so it's a part of the university? Well, it's, no, it's technically a part of the booster group. There is, I guess, a difference. Uh, and Bjork goes to great pains to detail those differences in our story. So it's it's again it's sort of it's sort of fascinating, but I think the interesting aspect is that um, a couple schools have sort of skirted this, mm-hmm. but A and M has has fully embraced it. Well, A and M was the first to have the high price class, which set off Nick Saban and that that feud last year that we saw that was about a year or so ago. And then, so my question for you is, you're looking at this deal. How long till it comes inside? How long till Danny White says to the Spire people, hey, we love you, see you wouldn't want to be you, have a Dwight. You know these ADs want to get their hands on this money. You know it's driving these ADs nuts because these ADs have more schemes to put more money in their pockets, though they're making more money than they ever have, but they're just they keep reimagining ways they can get their hands on that money. That is going to happen eventually, yes, because the NCAA can't do anything about it. I think that... There's there's a lot of things at play here because first of all, you know I don't care if, if you if you love NIL if you're ambivalent or if you hate it, you have to realize that the NCA dropped the ball on this. It's, we should be in like year eleven or twelve of some form of NIL, yep. and now you have the NCA asking for congressional help. Yep. And okay, so that that is the backdrop for all of this. Now, obviously, each each state has its own set of laws with NIL as well, which makes for a quite jumbled marketplace. So with all that as the backdrop, I think there are some schools that would love to be able to do what A&M's doing, but, but perhaps might be leery because of state law or perhaps because of, you know, uh, the NC might get mad at us, whatever. But I think... Yeah, I think if, if I were an AD, I would love to be able to say we have control of our NIL and we're following all the rules that we know how to follow. And 
and I think that's I think that's again, if I were an AD, I'd want I personally would want that because the collective aspect. A lot of them are good-hearted people with the right idea. I think there are some out there that don't know what they're doing and potentially are causing issues. And heck, I, I, I don't I have not heard of any. But you also wonder if some of the, given <laughs> given the idea that money could be made, you wonder if there are a handful of people out there involved in college athletics or steering players or whatever who like, I can make money myself off this. I don't care about anybody else. So that's, that's again, and I, it's, it's the wild, wild west. And it's been, been called that for a reason. There really is zero oversight from the NCAA. Zero. And they kind of want it that way, which is yep. really weird. And the other thing is there's a case going on in Philadelphia. Which, um, which is going to lead to eventually the whole thing they tried to avoid, which is we are going to acknowledge that these people are full-time workers and need benefits. Yes, is eventually that's going to land on their doorstep, and they're going to have to deal with it. Yeah, that's the Johnson versus the NCA case. Um, we had a story earlier this week from Eric Prisbel, who's back with us now. Who I love. Um, he's a great dude. Man. He's the best, man. Huge hoops guy, too. He's, um, I'm glad he's back. He's the best. Yeah. But he, his, he, he wrote about Johnson and why. You know, a lot of people hear a court case with NCA, they roll their eyes, and yeah. who cares? I think well, huge. this one's because of what you said, yeah. potentially gigantic, especially when it comes to Title IX. Because let's mm-hmm. get serious here. We all know, you know, I, I love... All college sports, I like some more than others. I, I love college softball, women's basketball, uh, women's soccer, like it. So their point, the point of the story was, he quoted people saying, when you think about it, obviously, women's sports do not make money. Very few men's sports make money. So if you bring these, if the student-athletes become employees outside of football and men's basketball, how do you decide, okay, this guy's, this person's worth this, this person's worth this, especially in sports that you run, that run in the red? So it's, there's a lot of long-term implications with the Johnson case. It's really interesting. Quick bullet point, one more. Orange Throat today, my insider, uh, wrote today that the NCAA is considering uh, changing some rules, tweaking some rules in football with the spirit of let's get these games in quicker. Yeah. We've got TV windows. We've got to fit them in. College basketball games are going too long. College football games are way bloated. What is your opinion on running clocks, adopting some of the stuff that goes on in the NFL level, and do you think it could, it could happen? I think it's going to happen, um, but let's get serious. We all know the, the reason the games are so long is TV commercials. The dude in the red hat spends more time on the field than half the players on the roster. Yep. Yeah. So, and with the rights agreements increasing in value, the TV, the commercials ain't going anywhere. So, um, I, I don't want to see college football become NFL Junior with all the clock rules. Um, I think actually one of the one of the one of the uh, proposals was the clock keeps running after an incomplete pass. Come on, that's that's you can't you can't put that in. That that changes all that changes everything. Now maybe you stop 
the clock after first downs and only the second and fourth quarter, or maybe just the fourth quarter, or maybe just in the last five minutes of each half. I think something's going to be done because you're right. It used to be three-and-a-half-hour windows. You could get a game in and then a 10-minute pre- or post-game show for the next game. Well, now, frequently, you've got games going three hours and 45 minutes, and you know if you're going to wait for a game on ESPN, this game has started on ESPN News or whatever, and it's annoying. Um, but you don't know where to how to find things. Way, you know, you know, you know. I'm thinking about, and I'm going to talk over you, but I'm thinking about the way this is all done, right? And so, if you're looking on a on a cable provider or even over the over the table, and you're just looking at your tablet and you look at the schedules, right? The the game that you're watching at the end is not the game that says it's on the header because we've we're always spilling into another window. That can't be good for their product. I mean, I don't know. It's like when I turn a game on, I'm like I'm looking for the Tennessee game. Say I arrive late. I don't know what game I'm watching because right. Kansas and so and so are up next, and that's what it shows. Even though I want to see the Tennessee game, and that's what they've done. They've created a jumbled mess in both sports. Yeah, I think college basketball is worse because Terrible. when's the last time you went to a college basketball? And, and you know, if you're watching on TV yeah. and a game's going three hours and forty minutes, you can do other stuff. That's right. It's worse if you're in the stands. Good lord, get the guy in a red hat That's on right. the field. That's right. But college basketball is far worse because you know I love ESPN. They'll have a game at two, twelve two four. The game at two o'clock, you know, going in, it ain't starting. I it ain't going to be on ESPN at two. Okay. Because there's a game before. That's right. I will give Fox credit. They'll go 12, 2.30, and 5. They're honest. Which is a lot more logical because games are taking two hours and 15 minutes. Yeah. A three-and-a-half-hour block for a college football game should be enough, but it's not. And that is an issue. And I think there is going to be some clock changes. Again, I don't want to see an NFL junior, but I think there's some stuff that has to be done for those in the stands. And those sitting at home watching on TV. I want to give you a homework assignment because I know you don't look at it because you think I'm nuts. But this XFL kickoff rule is something that ought to be adopted at every level of football. And I don't, and I know you you haven't seen it, right? Have you seen no. it? Okay. No. You have a home. Just just watch a minute. Watch Bino Jeff Henderson. Speak to him. Uh, fellow football freak to fellow football freak, tell him how cool that that kickoff rule is and what it would do to college football. Yeah, Mike, I never dreamed I would agree with it, but I watched it, and basically what they do is the receiving team lines up at their own 35-yard line. The kick team lines up at the receiving team's 40-yard line. The kicker's kicking it from the 30, I believe. His 30. No, No one can move until the returner catches the football. And I think it would put the return back into the game without elevating the risk of injury. And if you kick the ball, Mike, into the end zone, you get the ball way up the field. It encourages you to have a play on a kickoff, and it's nobody's getting hurt on these kickoffs. It's really genius. That's interesting. I, I will have to pay attention. I, I, I'll be honest. I've not watched a minute. I, I understand <laughs> Even read a word about I, the XFL. We understand. So, I watch yeah. all the alphabet now, leagues. Now, Mike, if, if you adopt it, the problem yeah. is, and you're also going to have to adopt what they do for an onside kick. Uh, and what they do for an onside kick is the team that wants to wants to uh, onside kick basically has a fourth and fifteen 
from their own 25-yard line, and if they convert, they keep the ball. Interesting. Which is a better idea. Again, we're talking about injuries. I I, I seriously doubt that the college football powers that be will adopt a rule that was started in the XFL. But it does sound interesting, and I'll be honest, now I'm going to watch at least the opening kickoff of one XFL game. Yeah. And then you can tell all your friends that you're an XFL watcher. (laughs) You can uh, go to YouTube and and check. Click NFL XFL kickoff and you can see what they do. Okay. There you go. Okay. Right, that'll save you the uh, the pain and the pleasure. Right. Because uh, I'll be watching the whole. Hey, Hugie, on the way out, tell the living listener how they can um, uh, uh, view you over at On3 and what you do. And I appreciate you appearing on the TLD Logistics Hotline, TLDLogistics.com. If they want to interact with you and all that stuff, give your coordinates, yeah, my man. Yeah, ON3.com. Um, mainly it's a recruiting site, but we do have a six-person college business staff. Work with Ivan Mazel. Ivan writes about college football. Yep. Um, but the, the the business of college sports, obviously, because you got NIL is is gigantic. You got the, is the Pac-12 going to expand? They going when the, when are they going to sign their TV deal? All that kind of stuff. Uh, tons of recruiting going on. You got kids making their decisions. We talked about this ad nauseum over the last year, earlier and earlier, and College basketball conference tournaments begin Monday. Monday. Jeez Louise. March, which means February 27th is the true start of March Madness because in all these small leagues and most of the mid-major leagues, there's only one bid available, man. And I don't care if you go 16-0 and in your league or 15-1 and in your league. If you don't win your tourney, your season is over. Yeah, you get to go to the NIT, big deal. So I, I, I think easily yeah, the best tournament play in college. Yeah. What is it, Pino? Easily the best tournament play in college. Oh, those little the leagues, little leagues. Oh, yeah, because, the, yeah. because of what's at stake. You know, yeah. the Big Twelve tournament's going to have phenomenal basketball. Eight of those ten teams already know they're in the NCAA yep. tournament. Um, but yeah, you're. You know, and if you're the SEC or Big Ten, we're, we're seventh in the regular season. We got a chance to play our way in. Well, the only way you get in in the smaller leagues, you have to win. So the intensity, the pressure, the yep. stakes are phenomenal. Uh, it's it's mind blowing yep. with basketball and entertainment. And you know, court rushes, especially when they're on. Uh, I think there's six or seven leagues, no, five or six leagues that play on campus sites. And if the top seed wins, um, or whoever the higher seed is, if they win their games, man, in the, in the final, you know there's going to be a court rush. And if, at most of these schools, you've got students mingling with players, and they actually know each other. Bing, bam, boom. Thank you, brother. Good talking to you. All right. Talk to you next week. Thanks. When you got, got when you got the riders out there in the Fairfields and the this and the that and the owner-operator, if you're an owner-operator, we got a spot for you and our team TLD Logistics, online at tldlogistics.com. Ryan Schumpert's going to join us, rockytopinsider.com. He makes his debut on the program. He wrote an oral history about the 15-year anniversary of this Memphis-Tennessee uh, game, which is one for the ages. Uh, they'll talk about that thing 100 years from now. Why we don't play them, I-, I don't know. It's a snit over these coaches. That game needs to be played. I'm sorry. I'm not here to offend any or hurt any feelings. Or re- it's not what we do. I mean... This, that game needs to be played, and that's why that game needs to be played. I mean, you read that story. The, 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 you read that story. 
And that game needs to be played. Take a brief time out. Being a what are you sorry for? You're not sorry. What do you mean you're sorry? You love those one bid. I love the one bid leagues. Yeah, but I I, uh, I extended uh, beyond what you wanted to go. Sorry, because I was throwing that in there. Well, I love both of you. Brief time out. We continue with more on the other side right after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. A while back, I told you a story about Packer, our mascot, that Don found in the garbage truck after someone had thrown her out. Well, since then, I've been asked several times about Packer. Is she a dog or is she a cat? I guess I never thought to say, but she's a pit bull mix. And you can see a picture of her sitting in the driver's seat of Don's service truck on our website, garbagemaninc.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. 
This is Laurie Cole, Executive Director with Pay Grace Forward. We are a community solution to predatory lending. We help people in Murray County who are trapped in payday and title loan debt. We do this through financial mentoring, followed by low-interest grace loans. To see if Pay Grace Forward can help you, or to volunteer with our organization, please visit our website at paygraceforward.org or call 931-548-6797. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Tesco bars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 bikes, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. I have got somebody very important on the phone, Mr. Miles Johnson from Foodland. Miles, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. As always, you guys have some great specials going on there at Foodland. So what specials you got for us this week? Well, this week we have whole New York strip, four forty nine a pound, Boston butt pork roast, a dollar sixty nine a pound. Five pound bag of Idaho potatoes, two ninety nine each, and Nestle Pure Life water, twenty four pack, three for twelve. We also have a one day sale, February twenty fourth only. Freshland large eggs, two for four. Yellow onions, two for three, and Pillsbury frosting or cake mix, four for five dollars. Wow, them eggs are special because they've been really high lately, as everybody knows. Oh, so yeah, I know it. that's a that's a great deal. So, and as always, Miles, you guys are open seven a.m. till nine p.m. seven days a week, right there on West Seventh Street. We appreciate. Uh, all the great deals that you have and the great staff you have working there and uh, and uh, have a great day a great weekend and we'll talk to you next week okay all righty thanks thank you miles this is jack cobb with murray county public schools and the big yellow school bus you're listening to front porch radio on 101.7 wkom in columbia tennessee tony be back with you we're trying here we are trying on the TLD Logistics Hotline, which we've been had, we've had a lot of TLD Logistics Hotline activity today, Bino. Hotline, hotline, calling on the hotline. Who made it, Bino? Do you remember? Uh, Silvers. Silvers, very good. TLD Logistics Hotline. Now he's with RockyTopInsider.com. His name is Ryan Shumpert. I love this young guy. He is doing great work. He rolled his sleeves up, and he talked to Ryan about the 15th anniversary of the game of the century. How many people? Eleven people total, nine uh, associated with the Tennessee basketball program at the time, and then uh, obviously two legends who I know you all are are big fans of as well, Earl Earl and Judy Brown, to bring up the, the full 11. Yes, and and uh, Tony Jones told us one of the great stories about Earl Brown about how he was being treated in a medical care uh, type area in that in that deal, but he just basically ripped himself from the tubes and came out tubes and all in a t-shirt at the end of the game. Uh, which Tony Jones is so fun. I saw you interviewed him. How much fun did you have with Tony Jones interfacing with him? Yeah, he was he was a ton of fun, and I was. You know, told everybody when I reached out, probably around 15 minutes. I think I ended up talking to him for 30 minutes. I and love he him. could have gone another 10 minutes. But yep. how good he was with all his stories. And he, he told me that story, which is what inspired me to talk to Earl and Judy for the piece. And, and yeah, just uh, phenomenal stuff from him. And it was a really appreciative of all the time and, and great info he gave me. As we visit today, he's a RockyTopInsider.com. Ryan Chompert, who does a great, I mean, uh, 
God, man. I mean, where'd you get the idea to go with the oral history piece? I'm jealous. I had it really, it was funny enough, it was about a year ago, actually watching the Tennessee-Auburn game and watching Bruce just that night, it popped into my head. I checked the date a while back. It was right around this time last year when they played, and uh, I've always enjoyed reading oral history pieces that, that other people do. I know the Athletic did one on that LSU A&M football game that went seven overtimes a few years ago, yep. and that one was really good. And I, I've seen a couple others, and I kind of thought that was probably the best way to tell the story because I was I remember watching the game, uh, but you know I was nine, eight, nine at the time, something like that. So I figured I needed to lean on the people who who made that game and made that made that night happen uh, to tell the story, and and they were all. Was really really appreciative and talking to me, and they did a great job of uh, giving me a lot of good information to work with. You know, eight or nine, you're you're borderline barely cognizant of things. I know in my past, having arrived here in the mid '80s, okay, to go to school, when I talked to like, and we we've done some old older stuff and some some period pieces, it really brings that stuff to life. It really brings. Um, when you start getting these stories, it really it makes it real to you, even though you weren't there, uh, even though you were kind of a young kid. Did this thing make it real to you? A hundred percent, and it's a lot of the stuff that you know. I remember really not about the game necessarily, but watching you know Tennessee DVD of that season. I think someone had put it on YouTube. The you know twelve minute yeah. clip on yeah. that game, and a lot of the stuff that Bruce talks about with Bob Kessling and that, and just. Hearing it from the sources and not just, you know, a 12-minute video where Bruce is the only one talking about it, it, it all really put it into perspective uh, about, you know, what a massive game it was. And certainly for me at the time, as an 8-year-old, I mean, it, Tennessee fan, nothing was, you know, nothing was bigger than that game. I, I loved yep. Tennessee basketball at that time. And certainly it, it, a lot of those memories that you wonder if they're exaggerated because of how long ago they were and because of how young I was, yep. figure out a lot of them that that wasn't really the case and, and what a... What a special night that was for Tennessee basketball, and what a huge night it was really uh, on the um, national college basketball scale at the time, the most-watched game or most-watched college basketball game in the history of ESPN. Well, I think about where college basketball is right now, and I think about where it was back then, and I, it's like two ships. I'm not going to be dramatic here, but the, if you go back and you look, and Matt cued me to this, but if you go back and look at the first six or seven minutes of that game, show me a, a, a six- or seven-minute stretch this year in college basketball where it's the game is as highly played as that because you can't. I'm just going to tell you right now, you can't match in that spot because if you put those two teams out there today, it would be it would be at the first TV timeout four to two. But that's that's a rant for another day. Bino, Jeff Henderson, jump in here. Ryan Shumper joining us. He's a RockyTopInsider.com. Where this this guy's got a great future. Go ahead, Bino. Hey, Ryan, right off the top, it's a great piece, and uh, congratulations on putting it together. It was a, it was a fantastic read. <clears throat> um, I'm interested in kind of how you determined who you talked to. Did did you start out with a with a small list and it ballooned, or did you have a pretty good idea who you were going to talk to off the top? I had a pretty good idea of who, who I was going to talk to, and really that was I was going to try to talk to every Tennessee coach, an assistant, and then every player I could talk to. And I, I did my first interview with Bruce. I guess that was back in September. You know, I tried to get him, you know, just through the Auburn athletics people before they started the season and was able to do that. And really in December uh, is where the, I really started going full full steam at it. And I had one number to start, and it was Chris Lawson, 
and he was very helpful in helping me get some other people. And then it was just slowly and surely get a couple more numbers. Tony was uh, good enough to help me get Tony Jones' number, and he helped me get some others. So it was kind of a snowball effect. I wanted to talk to as many people as possible. A uh, few people, really Tyler Smith and J.P. Prince, especially J.P. Prince, were, were the two I was real disappointed I didn't get to talk to. And uh, But it wasn't for a lack of effort and, and was really appreciative of everyone that did talk and give me a lot of time and, and certainly got enough of them that was able to tell the story uh, at a pretty com- complete level. Ryan Schumpert of RockyTopInsider.com on the TLD Logistics Hotline presented by our friends at TLDLogistics.com. So much more than a trucking company. They do everything. Uh, whatever your challenges are relating to shipping, uh, give give them a holla and let them handle it for you. TLDLogistics.com. Go ahead, Bri. Yeah, you mentioned Tyler Smith. I found it interesting. He was the guy who made the biggest shot of the game at the at the end that won the game in the last minute. Did you try to reach out? I, you said you did, but did you ever actually get to talk to him, or did he just not return your phone call? Or what, what, what happened there with him? Yeah, I don't think I ever got his right phone number. Uh, wow. I got two different numbers for him. The first one uh, was disconnected. second one went to voicemail, and it, it was somebody that wasn't him. So I wasn't, you know, I got a couple numbers, was really never particularly close to him, uh, to getting him from the fact that I didn't have the right number at any point. J.P. Prince, I got in touch with his dad, and, and I thought I was going to be able to get a hold of him, but, but just never did. And you're right, uh, but he had those two huge baskets at the end, and going back and, and rewatching it. Plenty of times, but that's what maybe stood out most to me is how close that game was to getting away from Tennessee. They were down four with two minutes left. And even when they were down by two, you know, Memphis got two offensive rebounds on the same possession. And they missed an easy layup. And obviously this 35-second shot clock back then, so you can run some more time. And oh, what I'd completely forgotten about, Tennessee never even got a rebound. Two Memphis players grabbed the rebound, were fighting for the ball amongst each other, and they traveled. That's how Tennessee got it back. That's how close. Uh, and certainly that Memphis team was a bad free throw shooting team, so it wouldn't have been over. But that's how close it was from Tennessee having to foul Memphis at the end of the game while trailing, and uh, obviously that, that completely flipped things. Hey, Ryan, we talked with uh, Jordan Howell a little bit earlier, and I told him that one of the things that I was most surprised about was your piece was Jordan's comment that Tyler Smith was the best teammate that, that he had over his four-year career. Now, Tyler was a great player, but that him being the best teammate wasn't the impression that I had as a fan. What, as you went along through this, do you think was the most surprising to you uh, that you uncovered? That was one of them because not everyone phrased it the way uh, Jordan did with best teammate, but almost every player I talked to mentioned that he was an incredible facilitator. I mean, Wayne Chisholm, you said, he compared him to LeBron James of what he did and being able to get others involved. So that was certainly up there on the list. I think maybe one of the others that I just didn't know about, y'all probably did, was all the J.P. Prince buildup going into that game. I didn't know that his dad was an assistant coach at Memphis. I didn't know he was a Memphis ball boy. I knew he was from Memphis. No, I didn't, I didn't know, know any about, of that. I didn't know that he, you know, Calipari had kind of taken some digs at him that week by pronouncing his name PJ in the media. And I think it was maybe Brian Williams that told me JP was, and really, I think he said Dane Bradshaw was kind of the same way a little bit too, or maybe it was Wayne Chisholm. Some of those West Tennessee guys, they were all, they would talk about how great Memphis was and, and how, you know, the city and the basketball in the city and certainly goes to the college level as, as well. And that was JP Prince in the biggest moment going against his hometown, going against the team he grew up with. 
not shying away from any trash talk, not shying away from, uh, you know, taking crap from those guys that he played pickup with in the summer. And that was an element of the story that, you know, I certainly didn't know, didn't have any sort of understanding of, and was really, really cool. And I remember JP playing really well in that game. He was one of my favorite Tennessee basketball players growing up, and that was a, kind of an extra added element to it that made it really, really cool. The great Ryan Chomper joining us. Why don't these two teams play? In light of your piece, these two coaches, you know, Barnes doesn't like Penny and Penny doesn't like. Ryan, these two teams need to play, man. I mean, think about that. Think about the way that game was described, right, where I think it was uh, Chisholm said to you, he said, this is a hood game, man. I mean, these guys, we all know each other. And, 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 And the suburban kids get out of the way. I mean, this is this is for real. When we got on the floor, this was for real. And I was talking to Jordan Howe about that an hour ago. We were, and he said, "Yeah, I'm one of those suburban kids." I just, he said, "I sensed, I sensed the scene was different that night." But you know, you think back to the bad blood. Bino, when was that? Several years ago, the bad blood in that game was that Penny's first year, where Penny came out after the game and accused Tennessee of doing some stuff, and that's that's what got yeah, that was the snit. first. They, they had a three year deal to play yeah. home and home and then on neutral site. And the neutral site game was never played because they came down with COVID and never right. made up. That's right. That was when, that was last year, right? It was last, last yeah. season? Yeah, that was the 21-22 season. That was in May, December of 21 going into the 2022 season. In your humble opinion, should these two teams play in light of – 100%. Uh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a it's an absolute shame that they don't, and that's actually one of the first things. Kind of after that, when I was just starting at the Daily Beacon the school newspaper, I wrote a column on how Tennessee needs to play this game. And aside from Hardaway's antics, that's not a good enough reason not to play. And you look at college basketball, and you know I, I love college basketball. I'm a college basketball junkie, but to the most fans, they you know it's it's an after the Super Bowl. It's it's a February and March sport. Yep. These are the type of games you need in non conference play to excite people and get people fired up and it going, I mean, it was the cover of SI, one of seven covers that rivalry game, Tennessee and Memphis. I mean, it was a great rivalry game and uh, it was one that I loved watching growing up. And certainly when it was at its peak with Cal Perry and Bruce who didn't like each other, it, to me, it's an absolute shame that they don't play. And to me, maybe one of the funny parts of it uh, from going back and watching the game a ton is Dickie V talks about how John Cal Perry, when they were new to series, he wants. He doesn't want to have to go to Knoxville. He wants them to play every game in Nashville at a neutral site, and and and, a, and obviously that's the funny part. That's what Rick Barnes wants to do now. I think if they played at a neutral site, uh, Tennessee would be more on, on board with doing it. But uh, he said at the end, "Well, they're going to play the game no matter what for sure, and they need to play the game no matter what." And it's, it's an absolute shame that we don't have these two teams facing off every year on the court. And it's you know I get why Rick doesn't. Isn't fond of Penny Hardaway. Penny Hardaway, you know, like I said, it was antics. It was pretty ridiculous. Yeah. But stuff like that's what makes the rivalry games great. That's what gets people caring about college basketball in December. And it would it would be really really cool if we got to see these two teams play on the court every. You know, part of the reason that that game was so hyped in was because it was played in late February when everyone's coming into March. I think college basketball had more eyes on it. If you had played that game in. December, I don't think it would have gotten near the fanfare as it did, and especially when you have a one versus two in late February, that's always going to pop. But I think that would even pop more than one versus two in December would have, because everyone's still kind of 
Christmas shopping and doing other stuff, football maybe more on the sports mind than, than basketball at that time. 100%. And not only was it in February, it was February 23rd, it was late February, since he played four more regular season games after that. So, you know, it was at the very end of the season going into conference tournament play and when college basketball is really starting to hit its peak. And, and you're right, as much especially now, I can't speak on, on what it was 15 years ago, but much as how many number one and number two teams have we seen, uh, I mean, over every year, especially early in the season. Heck, Chris Mack had Louisville at number one a couple years ago, and they ended up being terrible when he got fired a year later. Uh, I think number one, number two, it, it hits a lot different when it's late in the season and you have whatever it was, 26 game, 26 game body of work to, to prove that these were the top two teams in the country. All right, let's pivot. This team right now, how worried should we be? I think pretty worried. Uh, I mean, look, the regular season goals that this team wanted to achieve, they're gone. You know, they're over. So you turn to the NCAA tournament, and I think the positive is there's not very many great teams. How many teams can you name that have been consistent this season? Maybe two or three? Mm-hmm. That's the positive. Tennessee has a defense that it can hang its hat on. It is playing injured right now. But I, I think a lot of their issues aren't going to be as simple as Josiah Jordan James and Julian Phillips getting back and getting healthy. I think being able to play small is probably the biggest one because the offense is it's an issue. It's been an issue all season. It's just so, so stagnant when you're playing two bigs on the court, especially when you throw Jemiah Mayshack into the mix of, of that as well with his. They can shoot it a little bit. I know he's hit threes in the last two games. Certainly he doesn't provide a, a ton of spacing. So there's a lot of issues with this team. I certainly think it's, some of it's been bad luck this month. Some of it's been the hard schedule. But I think it's hard to hard to act like everything is just 100% uh, okay and good when whatever it is now, 2-5 and five this month, and uh, some bad losses in there, or at least maybe not bad losses, but games you should be winning. And uh, to me, what I really look at is lack of success on the road. Their best road win is Mississippi State. Their second best road win is Ole Miss, and Ole Miss's coach got fired today. Well, and that's a really good point. And, you know, I, I, I look at, like today, I, I was just seeing, uh, seeing this just came down. Um, Lenardi today on his bracketology has Tennessee as a three seed. They're the second three seed, so they're sliding a little bit in his eyes. Um, they would open with Eastern Washington, which would be a win. Then they would get the winner of San Diego State, West Virginia. Two teams that shoot the ball. One one of those teams really shoots the ball well in West Virginia at times. Now, obviously, they don't shoot it uh, well all the time, or they wouldn't be coming into the tournament projected as an 11 seed. But that's the type of matchup where, Ryan, if I see that, barring the unforeseen, Tennessee's going to go home. Because you can't score with a team like that. You'd be very dependent on a bad shooting night for West Virginia. I yeah. think that's for sure. And, you know, we, we talked about it and we got it a little bit in that week of the Vanderbilt in Missouri game. But, you know, at some point the other shoe is going to drop a three-point shooting. I mean, it's good three-point defense. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it, the numbers were in an anomaly. That's, you know, a lot of three-point defense is just luck. And it always felt like it's going to come at the most inopportune time for Tennessee. And certainly West Virginia is a team that would be able to exploit that and, I think it's funny when you think of the San Diego State team, you kind of, at least I kind of think of what you think of with most West Virginia teams. Very defensive minded, Mm -hmm. very physical, and I think that's the type of team that would play right into what Tennessee would want to play. A team that they would want to see in that second round matchup. And that's kind of how Colorado State was to some degree last year. And obviously the more talented Michigan team won. 
I don't think this West Virginia team is as talented as that Michigan team was, but certainly they have the shooting that could make it a rough afternoon, rough night for DeVos. And so on the way on the way out, tell the living listener how they can uh, interact with you and also uh, read your stuff. And thank you, man, for popping in here with us today. Oh, 100%. I appreciate you having me on. You guys, I uh, used to listen to the post-game shows all the time before I was covering it, and now if I'm driving back after the game, uh, I'll listen. I'll, I'll never forget 2021 Kentucky football game. You got me about, about all the way back to Powell, and you you didn't remember that the time change had already happened. You, you hadn't figured it out, so uh, it's it incredible stuff. Uh, I, that's I me. That. I said that's an all-time. I said that's an all-time Tony Basilio moment. But that's a real yeah, shocker, Bino. That's a real shock, Bino. <laughs> I wouldn't know the time changes happening that night. Uh, but you can find my stuff at, at rshump00 on Twitter, R S D H U M P zero zero, and then everything on RockyTopInsider.com. We got a great team: Rick Butler, Jack Foster, and myself. Uh, Jack and I will be over at baseball this weekend. Rick and I will be. At Thompson Bowling for the South Carolina game, and we'll have everything you need to know to home stretch a basketball season. And then, as we get baseball going into full swing, as the month turns to March, and we get into the fun stuff of SEC play. Thank you, my brother. Great talking to you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Anytime. A star is born, either Chris Christopherson or Lady Gaga. It's your choice. Either iteration of that, because a star was just born on here, being star. Hi. Uh, Young man's outstanding. Don't don't lose his number. He probably gonna lose it. He probably gonna lose ours. But, you know, you mentioned something. Real, you mentioned something really interesting earlier in the show. Ah, uh, you gotta be kidding me. Which is the people that are Tennessee fans that live in Memphis hate that team. Hate those people and don't want to play them. That we've heard from. Not all. Not everybody. But there's that sentiment out there, which is really strange. Because I would yeah, think I mean, you'd want to play them. I would think you'd want to see my Vols play down in Memphis. I mean, come see, come play in my city. Yeah, Tony. But we've, you know, they we've heard from several uh, that are just adamant that they wouldn't give Memphis the time of day. Uh, I, I'm, of course, I, I've never had to live uh, in the Memphis area. Um, so I, I haven't walked a mile in their shoes, but from my standpoint, you know, Ryan was talking about that the two coaches not liking each other and the teams not liking each other isn't enough reason not to play the game. I'll go a step further. It's the reason you should every year because they don't like each other. Uh, I, I, I just think college basketball needs that. I wish the Tennessee legislature would step in like Kentucky's did. I agree with that. Uh, and do something that they've got no business doing, uh, spending their time on, but making it those teams have to play each other. Back to the phones we go, 865-200-5402. The other, um, well, I'll hold that thought. I do want to do this, though. On Monday, I want to do a Hotel Neal and now. What do we name the hotel? The the proposed hotel deals part of the plans. Danny White, they're going to build a hotel down there next to Neyland Stadium, which, you know, this is beam me up Scotty stuff. Um, but that's what's going to happen. And then my question for you is, who do we name some floors after? Who do we name the lavatory after? Who do we name the restaurant after? 
what are different, the aquatic center, who do we name that after? I want to have some fun with this thing. Who gets rooms named after them? Who gets the top suite named after them? Who? I want you to really think about how we could brand and have fun and laugh about Hotel ne- what I'm calling Hotel Neeland. I don't know what they're going to call it. but we, we can do it, Tony. Freddie was so far ahead of his time, he actually lived in Neyland Stadium. I doubt it was in the opulence uh, that these folks are going to live in once they get that hotel. Yes. yes. And Adam, you mean it's a hotel where they stay at night, not like live? That would right? be, that'd be correct. Hotel Neyland. Okay. Tennessee, the offshore uh, number has opened up. Would you guys care to guess what they are? And then I'm going to ask you which way you're going to play, and then we're going back to the phones. Tennessee by 16. Tennessee minus 22. Wow. Bino, Jeff, I will play Tennessee to cover tomorrow. I'm just kidding. You play Tennessee to cover tomorrow. You know what they call you? Nashville Lee. Go ahead, Bino. I I wouldn't lay 22 points with this team against the Lady Vols. And Nashville Lee, I'm just kidding. Don't text me F you. Sometimes I pick on Nashville Lee so bad on the air. He's like, look, you SOB. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. The, the, the Vols and Lady Vols, as Mark Packer one time did a thing on the, I don't know if he's serious or not. Was he kidding? I don't know. But I do remember that. The Vols and Lady Vols, minus 22. Uh, eh, minus 22 to Marbino? Now think about that. To beat somebody by 22, you better hold this team. Better hold that team to 35 points. Yeah, I mean, Tony, this team is. You know, I, I don't. I, I think Tennessee's going to win tomorrow, uh, but there's no question that this South Carolina team is much more capable than the one that we played early in the year. And to be quite frank, Tennessee's team is not as capable as they were at that point. Also, the Vols well, picked up a quad one win this morning as South Carolina is now into the top 50 in the net for the first time all year. And Kentucky top 50? Is, and Kentucky is now down, now in the top 30, so that eliminates one of their quad two losses. Down to only three quad two losses. It was five over the weekend. And those hey, numbers uh, continue to fluctuate. Go ahead, Brian. South Carolina has, they've won three games away from home this year, and they've yet to win an SEC home game, which is kind of weird. So do with that what you will. I, I don't think I would trust either team. I don't know that I trust South Carolina much either to come up here, and, but, but I, I'd say I'd probably have to trust Tennessee a little bit less. They want a corrupt arena, and they shoot the ball really well. And by the way, I don't mean you. I'm, I mean USC Junior. I mean Southern Cal. We played USC earlier in the year. USC is now a quad okay. one team in the top 50 in the net for the first time all year, and Kentucky is now in the top 30, so that eliminates two of Tennessee's quad two losses. Now, those numbers could change. They, they, beat, they beat USC in, in, in uh, the Atlantis, right? You're telling the story. I it, it, it makes USC a quad one win, correct? That's correct. Yeah. And it, it, it eliminates a quad two loss. Two of them. But, yes, back to the phones we go. It was five over the weekend. Tennessee's now down to, uh, what is it, 
three quad two losses. Hello and welcome in to our – so in a way you're cheering for Kentucky the rest of the way, which is weird and demented. Hello and welcome into our next call. I won't do it. Well, you're cheering for Kentucky. How are my friends and compatriots doing today? Hey, W. Welcome in, buddy. Uh, the Jordan Howell uh, piece was great. And the first thing we got to remember as Tennessee volunteer fans is you always call them Memphis State. There you go. Never call, you know, I know a lot of guys from Memphis. Tony, you know one that you talk to every day on the phone. You yep. talk to them about how they feel about Memphis State. Do you want to play them every year? I do. Yep. Part of the problems go back to playing them in football also. So I don't want to get the state legislature involved, or we'll have to play them in football, basketball, and baseball. Yeah, we don't want to play them. The last uh, 10 years, we didn't want to play them in football, being a lot of years, unfortunately. It's hard for me to say that, but. But I do do want to play them, and I I wouldn't mind playing them in Nashville every year. That would be so fun. That would be so fun. And Vandy could pick up a game like against um, somebody commensurate with their uh, their mission. Um, I don't know. Like, who could Vandy pick up, Bino? Like a, um, Emory, Emory and Henry? Maybe they play in that little yeah. arena they play minor. They used to play minor league hockey in, whatever that thing's called. What do they call What's that? that? The old, uh, isn't that the old, um, old auditorium down there, right? Nashville Odd. But 15 years ago, uh, I had 19 people at my house. Wow! Great day, yeah. Had a TV upstairs, TV downstairs in the rec room, and one outside by the grill. And it was all hooked up by Comcast cable. I had a cable running out through the garage, you know, to to watch the the game. And uh, USA Today on Friday had two pages on the game. Had a huge had a map of the state of Tennessee, you know, showing I-40 and how many miles it was between the two schools. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I want to play them again, you know, and uh, hate them, always will hate them. If you've been to games down there, you know, I can understand, especially the people from Memphis, uh, how they feel. But, uh yep. Hey, a little brother syndrome. Hey, you always want to beat little brother or big brother, you know? Yeah, and uh, it's just so great every year when there's a conference expansion and even Fred Smith's millions of dollars couldn't get them in the Big 12. Isn't that true? It's really true. Because, yeah, their academic standards are lower than uh, Pellissippi State Community College. I don't think that's what... I don't think that's what they're the. I don't think any of these. <laughs> I don't think any of these expansions Lynn are done with what kind of academics you have. Quite frankly, I think it's about how many eyeballs potentially can you bring to whatever um, consortium that we've put together, and that's all that matters. And from that standpoint, Memphis is going to be a small player. It's just the way it is. And that's Memphis State's in the same category as. Boise State, Marshall, sure. why nobody sure. wants them. Sure, you know. exactly, yep. But uh, I wouldn't bet on that game tomorrow. Uh, I don't, if somebody put a gun to my head, I don't know how I'd bet. 22, I W. Lynn, 22. 22 points, well, brother. Fossil cover, come on, W. Lynn. 
I hope we have 22 points by halftime, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't know what the margin of victory would be, but, uh, yep. or, Vic, or, or what the lead would be, but, yep. uh, yeah, that, that was a great, uh, interview with, uh, Jordan Howe. I, I, it'd be great to have him on again. He is, he's a common fan just like us now, but he got to play on the team that has, still has the best record ever, 31 and 5. Woo! Is that right? So, so yeah. Barnes's team, Barnes has not had a team uh, best that record. That's surprising. Uh, the 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 team that lost to Purdue was thirty one and six. Oh wow! So uh, how about those apples? Uh, but uh, it's and as as far as the the rule changes in college football. Uh, we do have to keep the 20, 21 minute halftime for the bands. I totally agree. Yep. Uh, but I, I would say don't start, don't stop the clock on first downs. And after an incomplete pass, start the 40 second clock and then the real clock starts at 30. Uh, it, you know, there's no point in having that 40 seconds run all the way down on an incomplete pass. And, uh, you, you know, go back to the old rules, uh, 20 I minutes, or, or last two I, minutes, I'm sorry. I don't like that at all. I, I don't want the incomplete pass game clock starting on the snap or on the, uh, on the, on the official spot in the ball. I don't, I, ho- I hope they don't do that. The other ones I'm fine well, with. That's why I said on incomplete pass, let it run down to 30 or 25, yeah. then start it, you know. And from our standpoint, from our standpoint, it won't really inhibit Tennessee because they run to the spot anyway and play fast. Like people were asking, a couple people emailed me and said, well, if you did that, wouldn't that mean less plays run for Heupel and wouldn't that sort of hurt? What I don't think it would hurt him at all. I mean, because with it, within the – you still can't substitute. And as long as you can't substitute, he's going to have an edge and he's going to run you over and run you out of stadiums. Yeah, and, and, the, and the other thing is – Make it where a coach has to challenge a call instead of some bozo from the booth stopping every other play That's to exactly review, right. you know, the spot of the ball yep. when there's a big pile of players. W. Oh, we won't have to move yep. this, you know. You're exactly right. This thing, and I appreciate your call. Thank you, brother. It's great talking to you. I'm watching the NBA game last night, and there's a play that should have been, you know, overturned, and both clubs were out of challenges. By the way, I've got a little news for you on the basketball front that I'm going to share with you when we get into our TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtime, Which so we're going to head for that. But I'm watching the Sixers last night, and there's a, there's a play that obviously should be overturned, but both teams are out of challenges. You know what the game does, Bino? The game continues. And you know what happens? Somebody won and somebody lost, but they got their game in in a decent timely fashion and we didn't have to stare at pat adams rear end you know what you think of the 11 uh the 11 reviews we had the other night did you enjoy that part of the game the 11 reviews what i like was the open mic that cat caught pat adams saying these out of bounds plays are hard <laughs> <laughs> they're hard hey pat if it's that hard for you go get another gig brah Go, go, go. They sound like me in calculus or something. Go, go get you. It's it's not hard for him to pose for the camera and, and do all those theatrics that he does. Well, 
and stare down players and, and coaches and all These that. Guys that all disagree know. with one of his horrible calls. These guys all know they're on. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in Southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. So you had an accident. Now what? Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop. You can count on us to repair all makes and models. Our certified techs will take care of everything from frame damage inspection to bump out or replacement with OEM parts. We've got the expertise to make your vehicle better than new and get you back on the road in no time. Plus, our collision work is guaranteed for the life of your car. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop to the rescue. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis with Tillis Jewelry in Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. What are you looking for in a jeweler? Knowledgeable staff? Experienced goldsmiths? Or true custom designers? Experienced working with clients creating that perfect gift for a special loved one? Well, you have found them. Tillis Jewelry. We're this and so much more. Check us out at TillisJewelry.com or on Facebook and Instagram to see our latest creations. Tillis Jewelry, Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. This is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Did you know that Ace now offers free assembly and delivery on grills over $399? It's never been easier for you and your family to have a great grill like a Weber gas grill, a Traeger pellet grill, or a Big Green Egg charcoal grill. Come see us at Columbia Ace Hardware, located at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Join us Saturday, March the 18th for Columbia's Breakfast Rotary's fourth annual Shoot for Our Stars Sporting Clays Tournament. 
This tournament is a community benefit fundraiser for our fantastic local youth and veterans organizations. If you'd like to participate in this great event, contact me, Rhonda King, at 931-398-5511 or contact us online at www.facebook.com slash shootforourstars. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. This is Dr. Mike Steele. Tune in to American Steel, a weekly discussion of topics and events related to the challenges in our world. Listen as we examine the path to relevance and truth in our society and culture. You can catch the show on 101.7 WKOM at 7 p.m. on Sundays. Also, we can be found online at WKOM Radio or on Twitter at WKOM WKRM. See you on Sunday. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.